It's really about rehearsal for existence. It's rehearsal for how you move through the world as someone with agency. If the director and the actors are doing their jobs, your emotional response is going to color how the actor performs. It's going to adapt to your feelings. That, for me, is what's important about what immersive is. You may not have narrative agency in those moments, but you do have emotional agency. The art of immersive isn't about the art of engagement. It's about attachment. It's about forging a connection Hi, I'm Nathaniel Skye, the host of the Immersion Nation podcast. Here, the masters of immersive experience create and conjure, muse and imagine the cultural revolution that is unfolding before us. That is immersive entertainment. Welcome. Now, you can consume or you can create. Usually, it's one or the other. Whether you're considering a movie, music, or a book, you can choose what to consume for the most part, but you can't alter the thing while in the midst of a storyline. Which, I believe, is part of what makes immersive so confounding. In the space of immersive entertainment, there is the option to do both. Today, we have once again good sir Noah Nelson, the creator of No Percenium. Based in L.A., for the last five years, Noah has strived to knit together the immersive community across the country and help the world understand this change in the way that our culture consumes narrative and story. Enjoy. I came back very excited about the arrival of the Oculus Rift. And I was sitting there going like, oh, my God, I was I was at E3 and like I sat down and they put the, the headset on and they handed me a controller and I was in a cockpit. And suddenly it was like I was in an X-Wing. Then I was just like I was just using an Xbox controller. It was totally cool. And Sarah Thatcher was like, oh, uh, I'm, I don't know my way around a controller. I wouldn't want to do that. And I was like, what? Huh? But like, it's just, it's so easy. Hi, idiot gamer here. Of course, operating an Xbox controller with a blindfold on, which is functionally what a headset is, uh, is easy for me. I don't look at my controller while I'm playing Halo. Right. If I'm looking at my controller, I lose. Right. Like I have, I know where all those buttons are. It's reflexive. But someone who doesn't play a console game all day long, and God forbid you make me use mouse and keyboard, I will lose, right? I, I Years and years and years of habituating myself around a controller, right? So this is why things like the Oculus Touch controllers were important, but those still have buttons. It's why the next thing, like the Valve Knuckles, which probably will never be widely adopted because Valve's like you know running aground right now, it seems. Um, but but that provides more articulation. Well, those are important. It's why we always dream of the haptic gloves, so that there's no controller at all, but just a force feedback thing that just allows you to use your hands. Which is why the Void is so awesome, and and Dreamscape because they know where your hands are, and suddenly like you know you need to touch a button, use your finger. Right. It lowers the impedance. You don't have to think about it. You just react. You just get down to the fundamentals of where you are and what you are doing. So that 
for me is what's important about what immersive is or the quality of immersion is about that quality saying this is, and this isn't based on an outward form. Meh. Right? Yeah. And I think it's downright impossible to be completely honest with you. Yeah. But if you, if the goal is that, if the goal is to lower the impedance to enable someone to release into the story world that's been built, right? To not keep folks at a distance. Um, so like, you know, people will say like, well, this book was very immersive, right? You know, and they'll sell that. Like this toilet was very immersive. But like you hope a toilet wasn't immersive because gross. You know, not that I want to kink shame anybody, but still gross. Um, but like, you know, someone says like book of immersive and what they mean is really, really, really engaging, right? And it's true that when an immersive is working, it's really, really, really engaging, right? That's one of the reasons why it's hard to disambiguate those two things. These days, I even start to talk about how um, the, the art of immersion, right? The art of immersive isn't about the art of engagement. It isn't about holding people's attention. It isn't about being engaging. It's about attachment. It's about forging a connection between the you know, audience participant and the work. Ooh, yeah. Creating a channel between the two that stays with you, right? It's about relationships, that and, plasticity of you to the, uh, between you and the work. And anything that you can do to reduce that barrier then automatically becomes a very, very effective litmus test to understand where something falls on that spectrum. Um, and yeah. I really like the model of thinking about it's that moment where you switch from consuming something or viewing something to viscerally being that thing. Your emotional responses are aligning exactly with what is happening in a narrative. Um, and that's, yeah. that's the very interesting thing about the whole thing. Cause it's like, it's these really completely authentic experiences, these things that are happening genuinely to you, but in a non-authentic context just because just because they're manufactured because they're designed yeah. intentionally it's that, um, there's that there's that par there's that paradox right but like if it's working right it's it's it, that you, know, you said there you know like when you're when your emotional reactions become aligned to the piece but also you know like you know it's like so it controls your actions ah but it also obeys your commands it is the force, right? <laughs> like it, it's, it's impacting you, but you're impacting it. Think of the one-on-one -on -one scenes you've been in, in an immersive piece, right? If you've been lucky to get a, enough to get a one-on-one -on -one scene and a good one-on-one -on -one scene, and some things are constructed purely of one-on-one -on -one scenes. You may not have narrative agency in those moments, but you do have emotional agency. And if the director and the actors are doing their jobs, your emotional response is going to color how the actor performs. It's going to adapt to your feelings 
because they're acknowledging that there's another person in the room and they're taking that in. For, I'd say for a, a large majority of actors, this will be a relatively autonomic process. Like they would do this naturally. They may or may not be allowed to follow that instinct based on what their director has done. If they've put too much emphasis on plot and not enough emphasis on character, because even if the character needs to go and take the next step, no matter what the reaction is, that's the what, but not the how. And the how is where the acting is. The what is the script and the blocking and the storylines. But you go see Hamlet and you even have two actors, two different. If you see Hamlet on a night when, oh, I don't know, like Shia LaBeouf is performing Hamlet, right? <laughs> when you see Shia perform, it's going to be very different from when Topher Grace is performing, even if it's the same director and the same blocking, right? Yeah. Like it will be different. And if everyone, if all the other actors respond the same way to each of them, that's, you're, you're going to know it's wrong. And inside you're going to be screaming bullshit. That's not right. And the, 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 the fundamental thing here is in an immersive context, you are Shia LaBeouf. Soundbite! You're walking in the woods. There's no one around and your phone is dead. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot him. Shia LaBeouf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Heard soundbite. Um, inserted. <laughs> I need a timestamp on that. 3,600. I want that. Um, put that on the Instagram. The marker has um, been added. Good. Um, <laughs> the point being, in an immersive context, your emotional reaction, your playing of the scene impacts the other actors. And only a bad director, only someone who's obsessed with um, absolute control uh, unlimited power is going to keep that from happening. Um, so yeah. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> that was like six different angles on the question. And that was that absolutely perfect. <laughs> absolutely perfect. Um, so, so there's this term. Only one of them is right. You gotta figure out which one. This this is a puzzle. So <laughs> it's an immersive podcast. Now you sort through. Um, yeah. So so there's this term immersive entertainment, and I've definitely mm -hmm. also used that and have leaned on it probably more than I want to, especially because it's I feel like whether you've been to just enough immersive experiences, immersive shows, or have created or have one way or the other been in the sphere long enough, you know that it's not really just entertainment. And it seems like that's something of a, yeah. something of a degree of consensus. So for, for you, why is it, why is it not just entertainment? Well, I mean, some pieces are right. And so when I talk, that's I'll fair. tend to talk that's about fair. immersive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll tend to talk about, you know, immersive art entertainment, right. Um, and I mean, you know, like art is often in the eye of the beholder. Um, you know, so much so 
Um, God, I'm really on a Star Wars kick uh, more than usual, which is freaking saying something. Uh, you know, art is kind of like the cave on Dagobah, Yoda's cave, right? What will you find? Only what you bring with you. You know, if you walk into a piece and you have the right receptors, um, you know, if you have if you have a similar trauma to the artist, you know, you will light up. And you will respond. <laughs> you send someone through who doesn't have a similar trauma, doesn't have, you know, some kind of analogous experiences, and it just, it'll just roll right over you. We see this even, you know, we can think about it, we can think about it in terms of like development, you know, like emotional or like, you know, childhood development. You know, you, you, you tell a kid a story or show a kid a movie about something that's way beyond them, and they're either going to be frightened or bored. Right. Because they just can't relate. Um, And that's true with novels and everything. Um, You know, I'll, I'll go, sometimes I'll go see a piece of what I consider immersive entertainment and other people will act like it was the most amazing artistic experience they ever had. And despite being, you know, professionally air quotes, a critic, um, I don't feel like it's my place to like shit on someone's perception that they experienced art. Even if I'm like, that was really just entertainment because it's resonating with them in some way. Right. Um, you know, uh, (laughs) I happen to like you too a lot. Um, not everything, but you know, those eighties and nineties albums really, really love those. Uh, boy, people love shitting on you too. Uh, U2 concerts are some of my favorite concert going experiences I've ever had. Uh, I, I get why people denigrate it, um, but there's no value and it doesn't endear them to me in, in the least. Right. So like from that experience, I, you know, I tend to not go like, Hey, you know, like that's, that's your kettle of fish. It's fine. And more, more for you. I'll be over here consuming every single star Wars thing that exists. Um, <laughs> When, when, so I don't need entertainment to be more than entertainment. I am often glad to find that it is. And there is a school of criticism and a school of thought that I more or less, you know, subscribe to, which is on some level, every, every cultural product, AT's word product, but it's what came to mind. Every cultural product it has some values baked into it that are impacting society one way or another. So even things that we, so if something's reinforcing the status quo, that's a value that it is pushing back into the system, right? It's reinforcing that this is the way things are and, and, and they need not change. Right. Right, Because, and that's, that's a very powerful tool of art. You know, when we think about what an initiatory right is, okay, whether we're talking about the Elysian Mysteries, uh, your first communion, or, you know, something that's like way more, you know, magical thinking. You're taking a person, you're plunging them into a mythopoetic construct, right? Uh, uh, images, symbols. You're telling them that these are the symbols that matter 
in their society, in the society they're being initiated into, that these are the values of the society that they are being brought into as a fully functional member of. And here are the things that they should adhere to. Now, when it's an initiatory right, you generally tend to have people understand that they are going through this process or it's done as a trauma and they don't understand and they have to figure out and that's the test to see whether or not they can then become an adult in that society. We make so much culture as a society that we often lose sight of the fact we take for granted all of these myths, all of these symbols, all of the symbology, all of the values that have been baked in deep into our cultural artifacts that are reflecting what we think the world is or what it should be. And then we just shovel that down like popcorn or Reese's peanut butter cups or Reese's peanut butter covered popcorn. Oh God, <laughs> I just invented that and now I want it. Um, we just, we just go, yeah, sure. Cool. More, please. Mm, more, 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 more. Um, what's interesting to me about immersive as a form is that by recentering on the agency of the participants, even if that recentering is just emotional or just a matter of traversal, we start to go back and bring back the Illusion Mysteries and bring back initiatory rites because suddenly you're going on a journey and you're being asked to be affected and to respond and see that the world responds back to you and to be with, with when things are very puzzle based to be conscious of the world around you and to try and actively decipher the meaning in order to solve the mystery and then become initiated into the, the circle of those people who understand the mystery, right? Think about this in terms of spoilers on an immersive show, right? Let's not talk about candle house or let's not talk about tension unless we've both gone through it we've gone through it, we can talk, right? We get some of this in, in, in other, you know, static forms of fandom, but this is one of the core things that's interesting in immersive is that moment where you can find someone else who has had the experience and compare notes so that you can reinforce your new vision of that world which if it's done at a high enough degree will also be a new vision of the world. Right. Right. And that, that really is, you have the kind of baseline acceptance of reality, which really is kind of the other side of some kind of rite of passage, um, just mm -hmm. insofar as coming up inside of any culture or the, you know, consistently more and more globalized and homogenous culture that we live in right now. Um, and then oh, the weirdly, we a really fractured one, but that's, that's, a, that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. A little column, a little yeah. column B. That's the truth. Um, 
but then yeah, do maybe a big part of the reason that immersion immersive I'm going to keep just like tripping over that word <laughs> now that we've talked about it um, gives you is the perspective of remembering what it's like to intentionally accept a new intersubjective reality to intentionally accept and pursue a world of different rules that is agreed upon by the others that have been in this world and who are in this world and you really forget what that's like on a day-to-day basis because you don't really think of it as anything but just your default mode because it's been so deeply embedded into us as we have grown up. Yeah. And, and there's a level at which, you know, you can't spend all day long questioning reality or you'll just kind of like, you know, put yourself into a corner and kind of like give yourself anxiety. Yeah, um, that's a fine line. <laughs> but But there's a way in which by having these little you know, bubbles of alternate reality where you can go experiment with, with that, like it, it's, it's very important. I think that we do spend some of our time questioning reality. Like if you spend all your time questioning reality, next thing you know, you're deep, deep, deep down in the chans and you're showing up places with a, a, a sign that just says Q. Um, and <laughs> if you, if you, and I don't recommend that to anyone, um, you know, um, if, if you're, uh, but if you dive in once in a while and you're like, you know, I'm going to go read the Illuminatus trilogy uh, or, you know, let's go spend a weekend playing a whole bunch of escape rooms about conspiracy theories or even not just a whole bunch of escape rooms. Let's start looking for that stuff. You, you, you retouch that primal power of knowing that, you know, society is a construct. You know, we have collectively agreed to do this thing. Um, and you know, at any given moment, it could all be reorganized. Um, indeed what the internet's done is made us very conscious of how fragile our world is. Also the mega fires in Australia also help remind us of that. And we're, we're, they're calling them mega fires, which terrifies me. Uh, and I say, this is a Californian where we've been having mega fires, but just haven't bothered to name them that yet. Um, we're in this moment where we know how fragile our world is, where we know how unsustainable our way of life is. And we live with cognitive dissonance every single damn day. And we also live with this sense of meaninglessness, of, of ineffectualness that we can't move things forward. We're in this collective trough of disillusionment with everything. And what I encourage, particularly folks who are, are are looking at, you know, like there's there's people on the LA scene who are like, well, there aren't any big shows right now, and like this isn't opening or like that closed, and like, you know, JFI is not gonna do creep again, like, you know, delusion didn't last for a whole year. Like, should we be doing this? The money might be drying up. Let's walk away. There's always a trough of disillusionment. Number one, there's this peak of enthusiasm and then you fall in the trough of disillusionment. And if you believe in the fundamental power of this form, 
if you believe that by touching into this form, you're able to empower artists, you're able to empower patrons and get people thinking about how they have agency in the world and what their agency looks like in the world and that their life has meaning and they have impact and that you can, you know, I mean, Jenny Weinblum uh, of, of Meow Wolf, who's a friend, um, she has a whole t- speech about, you know, immersive being rehearsal for resistance. And yep. I, I think time that's even, come up in the show. <laughs> Yeah. And that's something that, and I think even goes beyond the idea of just rehearsal for resistance. It's really about rehearsal for existence, right? It's rehearsal for how you move through the world as someone with agency, as someone who's part of something bigger than themselves. And this is something, this is, this is always a thing that every society needs, right? How do you make a child into an adult? How do you align someone with the idea that they have power and how to use that power responsibly, right? Going back to Spider-Man, right? Right, Great power comes great responsibility, right? Like it's all there in our stories constantly, And yet we forget all the time. And in some ways, immersive as a tool and thrusting someone in to one of these worlds is almost like a blunt instrument. It's like, oh, the story, seeing someone else learn that lesson isn't enough for you. Your mirror neurons aren't firing. Okay, shove. (laughs) Let's go. Let's, let's go. You try it. All right. You, you, you go stop, you know, your uncle from getting killed or, you know, however it goes, or you, you see that, you know, you make these choices and, and deal with the consequences of your choices. Right. And learn that, you know, there's always a cost for any choice you make. Right. Like it's, it's a, it's a blunt instrument in that way. Right. Like yeah. you, you yeah, couldn't just it imagine is. it. You needed to experience, you need to experience it yourself. The cold shock right? is part of the charm for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, and so like, you know, so, so that's, that's the, that's the thing to like, kind of like spiral it all back. Right. You know, what, what things are inside the, the immersive corral, right? Like why is it VR and AR and escape rooms and immersive theater? Why is it this music thing I went to last night? And why isn't it, um, you know, a cabaret style, uh, musical show? Right. You know, people are always pitching me like, you know, come, come to my cabaret and like, cause it's immersive. Cause like we sing in the aisles and I'm like, some of it's practical. There's already people who cover cabaret stuff. Cabaret is already an established art form. Like you don't need my attention. I've got a limited bandwidth. My team has a limited bandwidth. So like, no, we're, we're not going to go do that. Even if there's some fuzziness there, I would say that there's ways to elevate that form so that it does strike that. Right. But again, we have to like get back into agency with the audience. You know, like, yeah. it's not, it's not about the, the center of gravity isn't the performance. The center of gravity is the relationship between the performer and the audience. So that the audience stops being an audience and starts becoming a participant. And so long as you've centered the gravity that way, we're talking. 
right? But if your need for an audience is just for someone to watch you perform, you're not in, right? Which is why a book doesn't count. Although a choose your own adventure book kind of counts, although it's kind of a lame version at all, <laughs> right? Really, really well le- done. Yeah, but it but it like it it gets into the language, right? Once we're going into interactivity, we're getting into the language of it, right? Um, and and always with these with the matter of definitions, like it's always a bit arbitrary. And my policy tends to be, you know, look. We put a stake in the ground on this immersive world and I will occasionally revise our definition of it over at NoPro when a, a better version comes along, but I don't let us get drawn into debates about it because I watched transmedia die in a debate because everyone had a, a personal stake in their version being right. So that's just a, a losing battle. Yeah. And then when it comes to which art forms are inside, again, like some selfie palaces, like they fail the test and others are wonderful. And again, it comes down to, you know, are you there to, are you there to just appreciate the thing that they've put up? Are you there to be controlled by it, by stand here in this spot and and take the same selfie as everybody else? Or are you invited to play? Our current working definition of immersive theater at NoPro, uh, and it took forever for me to come up with this one, and I feel embarrassed that it took so long, is immersive theater is a play you can play. Yeah. And that's it. That's perfectly succinct. That's the whole thing. Right. And so I look forward to the day when we don't have to prefix things with immersive. Right. Like, we'll just, a theater piece we'll call a play. Something like I went to last night is just a concert. Right. Where the default mode for much of what we do, mm, let me rephrase it. I don't think I want the default mode, but I almost want it to be a flip of a coin that if I go to a play, or I go to a concert, or I do anything else that has a performative aspect to it, right? A movie, a VR piece, that there's a 50-50 chance it's going to be interactive and it's going to be all around me. And I just kind of expect that. And when I don't get that, that hopefully, if it's a flat you know, movie or whatever, that it's really, really good and it justifies not being immersive, right? Like right now, when we do the work, we have to justify why it's immersive and we, we knew we do and we need to get better at that. And there's plenty of work that's labeled immersive that doesn't do the heavy lifting. But I want people, I, I long for the day when, and this will probably be past my, my lifetime, I long for the day when the techniques are so well understood and they're so ingrained and they're so taught that when that people just go, but why wouldn't I be able to walk around a stage, right? And you look at something like Sleep No More and we don't get Sleep No More without video games, right? We don't get Sleep No More without someone saying, but like, why wouldn't I just be able to walk around the set? Or the justification has to go the other direction. Yeah, Right. And, and right now to make something good and to overcome audiences ex- inertia and expectations, it has to be, you know, but why would I move around? Right. And indeed, even once it's a norm, 
still making sure that you justify it and not just like, well, let's let the audience move around. Cause you know, if you just let the audience move around and you just do a normal show, it ain't, it ain't a good immersive. And it's probably not a good show either in the traditional sense, because you were too scared to just throw it up on a proscenium and let it do what it was going to do, you know? Yeah. And that actually might be a really excellent uh, place to take a left turn um, into the Make It Immersive segment. You game? Yeah, I'm game. Let's play. All right. Next time, we'll put Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and virtual reality into a big old cauldron and stir vigorously. (laughs) Until then, if you have a moment to leave us some feedback wherever you're listening, it is sincerely appreciated. And let us know what or who you'd like to hear on the show. And of course, till next time, thank you for joining us on this adventure.